everyone. This is Sierra from uh, Live from the Hive, our segment that we have live in the basement of Cosgrove. I am joined with David Meyer, Ryan Schistel, Brooke Haas, Anna, the co-president, Abby, the co-president of Gray Matters Life, and also Carolyn, who is the buzz writer, one of them. And we just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today, whether or not you're watching it live or recording. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. We will be starting off with Brooke announcing it. Okay, well, bouncing over to me here really quick. So like we said, we have Carolyn Graham, who is a senior here at Ambrose. And Carolyn... Um, is starting us off today with our special segment on mental health. So, Carolyn, um, you're here because you wrote a three-part series for The Buzz about mental health on campus. Do you kind of want to talk about that a little bit and give us a quick little rundown on that? Sure thing. Um, well, first of all, I'm two out of three parts into this series right now. The second part just went live a couple of days ago, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, it is a comprehensive, um, I wouldn't quite say investigative, um, series about mental health specifically on campus but I do kind of touch on national base as well um, as it is three parts I'll just go in chronological order here uh, part one is kind of a rundown of what's happening on campus um, kind of statistically just kind of talking to the student counseling center seeing what they're treating seeing what I hear from just the general buzz on campus about what exactly is going on here and I touch just a smidgen on what's going on nationally as well uh, part two, the part that just released, is purely student-based stories. Um, I'm talking, or I have talked to three students, um, one of which being Ty Lewis, a senior here at uh, St. Ambrose, who's a part of the SGA, finance, uh, sales, marketing, he really does it all. Uh, the second person being Allison Blazer, who um, has also written for The Buzz in the past and is a senior PR major here on SA at SAU. Sorry. And my third source wished to remain anonymous, but is a sophomore here. And a, I believe he said he used to play sports, but no longer does. And then the third part, which is not out yet, but will be soon, is kind of um, like the resources that are available for you on campus, all the different things the SCC provides, student, student organizations, and just general helplines and things like that. Um, what inspired you to write this series? So the Buzz um, advisor, I guess she is, uh, Ms. LaRoe, had actually approached um, another senior reporter, Ryan, and I last semester to write this, and we were actually uh, pretty busy, so we politely turned her down. But this semester, we're like, oh, well, right. Um, Ryan didn't really want to do it, so I'm like, well, I'm a senior reporter. Let's get one last big hurrah in here. And um, mental health uh, has been a big rising topic lately, so I felt like that is something, especially with us being a college campus and this being the hot-button age to have mental health issues, I thought this was just a really important topic that I should be touching on. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Um, so you kind of talked about who we can expect to hear from in your stories. Um, what do you hope people will get out of this series? Um, I kind of hope that the big overarching thing I want people to get out of these stories is it is okay to ask for help, whether that be Dr. Oliver or Ms. Hovertz or Ms. Godwin or anyone over at the SCC, whether that be someone out in the community, your friends, your support group, even if it's an online forum, just ask for help. 
they're not alone. They don't have to hide. Um, everyone's trying to actively break this negative stigma around mental health. Um, and that just because they're struggling doesn't mean they're broken or that something is wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them. And there's people everywhere that just want them to get better. And they're available if you need any help. There's no shame in asking for it, that their feelings are valid, and that above all, suicide is never the answer. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, how has writing this series kind of changed your perspective on mental health, um, both on campus and, I guess, in a global perspective? Sure. Um, the biggest thing I've kind of noticed or changed is that um, mental health challenges come from more sources than I expected. Like, you think a college student, you think, oh, it's finals week, or, oh, I'm trying to balance a job and school and my four clubs. But it's more than that. Um there's the stress that comes from being a student athlete. I didn't realize before writing this that we're roughly 60% student athletes on this campus now. And that is such a unique source of stress for so many people. There's also um, grief, whether that be COVID-related grief of missing out or grief of losing a loved one. Um, there's relationship issues. Unfortunately, there's abuse cases on this campus. Like there's just so many different sources of mental health challenges, which I did not realize coming into this. Wow, that's really impactful. Um, I guess, is there anything else you wanted to add? Sure. Um, well, this kind of statistic here that shocked me for our campus specifically is the fact that um, when talking to the Student Counseling Center, the number of students coming to seek help from them from last fall to this fall have actually doubled, which is a shocking number. Um, they have roughly, they have had from August 2021 to December 2021, roughly 200 intake co care coordination visits, some of which were referred out to the community or group activities, but some of which, of course, stayed on campus and received counseling. And um, one more, and this is, of course, kind of a sad statistic, but I think it's important to hear, is that suicide is the second leading cause of death for people our age, behind only accidental deaths, like car accidents and stuff like that. It is the second biggest killer of us, and people are just so scared to talk about it, and that's not right. Um, I'm just going to bring up a fun, well, not so fun, report here done by the National Center for Biotechnology that approximately 1,100 students in higher ed take their lives each year. And um, nationally, up to 44% of college students report having symptoms of depression and anxiety. And out of those diagnosed with a mental health disorder, 75%, so the vast majority, have their first episode by age 24. That's us. There is no reason that people can't be seeking the help they need and the support of their peers. And that's just what I want people to get out of this series. That's really awesome, Carolyn. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing um, your impact on us and just kind of talking to us about this um where can people find your series so it is posted online on the hive the same place you can or one of the places you can find the show here um the hive is the web platform that combines the buzz sau tv kala and several other podcasts and then it should also be going out with our um the buzz newsletters so pay attention to your emails and um thank you for having me on Awesome. Thanks again, Carolyn. So now we're going to bounce over to Abby, one of the co-presidents of the brand new club, the Gray Matters Collective. Abby, thanks so much for being on with us Thank again. you for having me. Awesome. Well, can you give us a little bit of background on the Gray Matters Collective? Um, what, is, what is it? What's the purpose? Just any background? 
Perfect. Um, so Haley DeGrieve and Kevin Donovan started the Gray Matters Collective with a modest campaign at Augustana back in the winter of 2018. And it started just as a poster campaign of putting posters around the schools with mental health quotes on them. Um, and they basically just wanted to make a message and make it stand out. Um, and that is mental health essential and we need to see progress with it um, in classrooms, with our friends around campus, etc. Um, and basically they're just the driving force of our foundation as a collective and they basically just push for reform um, and now we've been we're at Geneseo, um, Orion, Moline, um, and then Augie and ourselves um, so that's pretty awesome um, and basically we are a mental health um, and awareness um, and suicide prevention movement and we actually just got the 501c3 status probably about a month ago which is super exciting um, and our club's mission is to educate, build community, and to bring mental health uh, awareness just to people who need it around campus. That's awesome. Um, how did you guys decide to bring the Gray Matters Collective to SAU? So I'm actually the secretary for another club on campus called Ambrosians for Peace and Justice, which is also known as APJ. Um, and we brought in Haley DeGrieve, the founder of the Gray Matters Collective, in um, for a meeting. And basically, she just gave a presentation on how she started it and you know there were other people there that seemed interested and so I kind of took the lead with uh, my co-president Allie Lauer um, and we kind of just started get, talking to people on campus to see who would be involved and then we had to go through SGA and get approval um, so that was really exciting but really nerve-wracking at the same time because it was the first time like I've ever tried to start something on campus um, but I knew that like I would be supported by like peers faculty members and like even staff around campus Awesome. That's super exciting. Um, what does your involvement entail um, and what can people kind of expect at events and meetings? Um, can you just kind of give us a little bit of background on that? Sure. So um, I would say as a collective, um, once a month, Haley DeGrieve and other school chapter leaders, um, we get together on a WebEx call and we basically talk about the progress that's being made at each school. Um, we'll kind of just go around like red or round robin style and kind of just share like, okay, what did you do? okay, Orion's next, you guys are up. Um, and basically we kind of just do check-ins with everybody and to see what um, chapter they're doing and like what events that they're having. Um, and another thing that I really like that Haley brings to the discussion is, yes, we are checking on everybody's clubs, but we're also checking in on our own mental health. And you know, she'll ask us, go around the room and say one good thing that happened to you. So I also feel like that's just community building right there. Um, so on top of that, uh, my co-president and I plan events and we kind of just reach out to people that we think would be beneficial here. Um, so this upcoming Thursday, we're actually bringing the head instructor from Living Yoga Quad Cities in. Um, and we're going to be doing a yoga class and she's going to teach us healthy habits for our brain and body, which I'm super excited about. Um, and then other possible events that we might have are bringing in therapy dogs, doing coloring sessions. Um, and maybe even bringing in Altice Ramsey, who is the spoken word poet that works with Haley. That's really exciting. Thanks for sharing those events. Um, how has being a chapter leader changed your perspective on mental health? Um, like I said, both on campus um, and on a global perspective. Um, you know, I think a lot of it just goes kind of back to what Carolyn was saying with her series. Um, I want people to be open and honest about mental health. You know, I am someone who this year finally just opened up about my mental health struggles um, to not only my student or like my friends, but like myself as well. Cause it was something that I really tried to just 
push off and push off. And then, you know, I lost an aunt during the pandemic and my mental health was just deteriorating. And I started, you know, once we had that APJ event, I started looking at the Instagrams and I was like, these people are just like me. They're college students. They're work. They're working, trying to balance school, relationships, life. Um, and so I think if you have a brain and you've experienced some type of sadness, I really think it you it must be said that you've had a mental illness in the past that like you've truly dealt with. Um, so you know we can save lives by normalizing stuff that isn't really visible. Sure, absolutely. Um, what do you hope to accomplish with this group? I think with this club, the leadership team and I really want to educate students on how to help themselves and help others who um, experience mental health issues. And we're also here to provide resources for those and to break barriers between um, administration and students. And the St. Ambrose Gray Matters Collective team is working to together as a club. We're going to empower students to lead meetings, navigate hard conversations, and develop a sense of empathy with each other. Awesome. Thanks again, Abby, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me you. once again. Um, and you can find both Carolyn and Abby um, and the rest of the Gray Matters Collective on Instagram. We'll be tagging them on our own Instagram page. Um, so be watching out for that. Um, and thanks again, ladies. So now I'm going to bounce it over to Sierra for some trivia. Mm -hmm. Before I move on to some pop music trivia and about the Grammys, I just wanted to once again say thank you so much, Carolyn and Abby, because I feel like a lot of people, um, they like conceal some of the issues that are going on and they're not really upfront about it, but I appreciate you guys bringing some awareness to these issues because it's experienced by a lot of college students, especially athletes, every person that you are saying. Anyway, you guys are going to be the participants on our trivia, if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be, do you guys know a lot about pop music and stuff like that? So, so. No, but here we go anyways. <laughs> hey, that's perfect. Um, if you don't mind speaking into the mic, you know, real close so people can hear you. That'd be perfect. Um, number one, who is considered the king of pop? A, Justin Bieber, B, Elton John, C, Michael Jackson, B, Barry Manilow. Um, I'll go with C. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. That is correct. He is considered the king of pop. Um, number two. What are Ariana Grande's fans called? A, Arianators. <laughs> C, Ari Mannix. <laughs> C, Orientanologist. <laughs> Which one's correct? A. A. Arianators. I actually am a big fan of Ariana Grande. I love her so much. Okay, number six. Um, what pop singer is known as the Material Girl? A. Britney Spears. B. Taylor Swift. C. Madonna. Or D. Christina Aguilera. The material girl. I'll take a shot at this one and go the last one. Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera or Madonna? It is Madonna. Good job. Um, okay. Which pop singer wrote the Like a Good Neighbor State Farm jingle? Is it Rod Stewart, Barry Manilow, Elton John, or Paul Simon? The only name I recognize is Elton John, so we'll go with that one. 
No, it is not Elton John. So now we have Rod Stewart, Barry Manilow, or Paul Simon. I feel like it's Paul Simon. No. It's either Rod Stewart or Barry Manilow. Rod Stewart. No. Barry Manilow. <laughs> yes. Good job. Um, good job. Where did Billie Eilish record her first studio album? Her brother's bedroom, a cave, a mansion, or a tropical island? Her brother's bedroom. <laughs> yes. Okay. Who is the youngest solo artist with a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100? Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, Lord, or Billie Eilish? No. Lord? No. It's either Stevie Wonder or Michael Jackson. Stevie Wonder. Correct. Good job. This question is going to be about the Grammys that just happened. Okay. Um, <laughs> who was um, named the best new artist? Was it Olivia Rodrigo, Doja Cat, Silk Sonic, or SZA? Olivia Rodrigo? Correct. She was also named the best pop solo performance for Driver's License, which was so popular. Have you guys heard that, that song before? Song. Great song. So good. So good. Um, and then now we could do another one that's not about the Grammys. Um, we can do... Um, let's do, sorry, I'm looking at these right away just to see which one's the best one. Um, what did Prince change his name to in 1993? King, Duke, or Baron? <laughs> I'll go with Baron. No. I'll go with King? It is actually a different one. So, <laughs> it's saying an unpronounceable symbol. You know what? Maybe I, I shouldn't have relied on this website for this trivia because I don't know what that's saying. So, we're just going to ignore that. Um, and that... <laughs> oh, are you guys fans of Taylor Swift? Yes. Okay, okay. Here's another one. What was the title of Taylor Swift's first album? Fearless, Taylor Swift, Our Song, or Speak Now? Our Song. Our Song. That is not correct. Fearless? No. <laughs> it happened in 2006. Yeah. It's either Taylor Swift or Speak Now. Speak Now. No. Oh, well. <laughs> Apparently it's Taylor Swift. She had a whole album, self-titled <laughs> debut album in 2006. Wow, that's crazy. But. I didn't even know that. Anyway, yeah, thank you so much for playing trivia with us. I appreciate it. Thank Abby and Carolyn. Of course. Now we're going to move on to David Meyer and Ryan. Over for some sports. Okay, so like Sierra said, David and I are going to be talking sports, and we are going to start with the baseball team here at St. Ambrose. They are currently 17-6 and overall with an 8-3 and conference record, and their last two games, which were both at Judson University, were postponed Saturday, and they will be played on the 11th at 1 o'clock at Judson. But most recently, they did pick up a win at home against Judson on April Fool's Day at 4 o'clock p.m. That game actually went into 12 innings. 
Nick Volmer got the start, and he went eight innings pitched with seven hits, three earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts, and he did give up one home run. But it was James Cormier, Cormier I'm sorry, getting the win out of the pen, making him 2-0 and with four innings pitched, five hits, no runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. Hitting was led by Sean Rigsby, who went two for four. He scored one run with two RBIs, and he took one walk. So the Bees win that one by a score of 4-3, to three, and their next game will be played a doubleheader tomorrow, actually, starting at noon at St. Xavier over in Chicago, followed by a one-game homestand against Calumet St. Joseph this Friday. Right now it's supposed to be starting at 1. David, you and I actually are going to be there calling that game for the radio station. Yeah, I'm very excited to... Uh, even in my junior year, uh, this is the first baseball game I'm going to get to call. I'm really excited. This team is uh, very talented. They've played really well as of late, uh, taking that 12-inning win over Judson, which uh, they actually won on a walk-off wild pitch, which I think is probably the worst way to lose a game if you're Judson. Um, But one of the most exciting plays in baseball, the steal of home, is just fantastic. A great way to win. And then as we transition from baseball to softball, the Fighting Bees softball team currently riding a 15-game winning streak. They are now 20-3 and overall, 4-0 and overall, or I'm sorry, 4-0 and in conference. They just beat Lincoln College by scores of 7-1 to and 5 to nothing in a doubleheader on Saturday. And in that second game, they went 5 nothing. Alea Oliver goes all seven innings pitched with giving up five hits, no earned runs. She walked three and struck out two. And David, she has been huge in the rotation of pitchers for the softball team. Yeah, pitching really, it wins games, it wins championships. It is one of the most important things in uh, softball or baseball, uh, if you can keep your opponent off the base path, it makes it a lot easier on your defense. It allows you to control the tempo of the game as much as you can in a sport like softball. And it really, if you're keeping runners off the base path, you're keeping runners from scoring and you're winning games, really. And then offensively, it was Olivia McClintock getting it done. She played center field, but at the plate, she went three for four. She counted for two runs scored, and she also picked up an RBI herself. So she gets it done. Only five hits, though, for this whole St. Ambrose team, but it did lead to five runs, and they are just riding a hot streak, like I said earlier. Their next game will be at Calumet St. Joseph on the 6th, and then they will play. Actually, they'll have a doubleheader then, and then on the 7th they'll have a doubleheader on the road at Waldorf University. And then, David, let's start talking about lacrosse. So uh, St. Ambrose men's lacrosse will start it off with the men. Uh, they're ranked number one in the NAIA nationally. Um, and they are 9-0 and in conference. Uh, they had back-to-back games Friday and then Saturday and absolutely dominated in both, um, allowing just 
three goals in two games. Uh, first, they played uh, Missouri Valley College and then University of St. Mary. Against Missouri Valley, the team started off 6-0 uh, into the second quarter. Just absolute dominance throughout the entire game. That would finish with a final score of 17-2. to uh, The second of those games, we were lucky enough to go to senior night. The Bees honored 11 seniors who played their final game at home. And the, scene, and the team just obliterated them. Complete domination of St. Mary. Um, and it really wasn't even close from the start. Um, the Bees would just dominate St. Mary's en route to a 14 and 14 to 1 win. Uh, and they'll play their next two games, their two final games of the season on the road. Yeah, and then in girls' lacrosse action, they won against St. Mary's on senior day, 19 to 6. And kind of like the men's, David. It just it was never a close game to begin with, especially on that men's side, if we want to go back to that really quick. St. Mary's brought their whole roster. They don't have any subs on that team, so it really gave the Bees a chance to just get everybody in and out, keep fresh legs on the field. And like you said, they went up 5 nothing in the first and just never looked back. Same with the women's team, who went up 9-3 to in the first quarter and... Again, just never looked back. They got that lead, and they acted like they were already going to be the national champions. Yeah, they've been doing a fantastic job throughout this entire season. Um, Ali Ruggiero uh, scored her 100th career goal at St. Ambrose, just the second time that's been done in women's lacrosse history, at St. Ambrose at least. Um, they are a really talented team. Their offense is clicking well. Their defense has played really great and in net uh they're just unstoppable eight and two overall four and two in the conference i'm really excited to see their uh conference tournament how that turns out uh and it's going to be a great uh end to the season for the women's lacrosse program well yeah and one thing that i don't even know if we pointed out yet maggie sampson the normal goalie for the women's team she didn't even play that whole entire senior day game. And still, the Bees were just able to pull it out and get a really easy win. Yeah, just a, a phenomenal win overall. Uh, just the Bees in lacrosse are so talented, both men and women. And I I don't think they get enough attention, uh, especially just within the school community. They get a decent number of fans at games, but uh, not enough attention in the campus as a whole. Yeah, I mean, really, lacrosse, I think it is on the rise, though, both men's and women's, especially with how well the Bees have been playing. Like you said, it doesn't get huge attention, but both days we went, especially um, on Saturday for the men's game, the stands were pretty much packed. There were fans lined up next to the bleachers, so it was nice seeing attention. The student section that was there definitely had some chance going and cheering on the bees and i think pretty soon st ambrose lacrosse is going to be one of the marquee sports yeah i i definitely agree and uh just a little shout out as we end our sports segment congrats to jason begenis um the men's volleyball player for being all ccac first team congrats to him yeah i mean the men's volleyball team didn't have the greatest season this year but it's always nice to have an all-conference player on your team. 
Absolutely. And we're going to kick it over to Brooke to end our show. All right. Thanks, guys, again for your sports segment. That's always a pleasure to listen to. I just wanted to round out our episode here with a couple of events for um, KALA. So um, next week on April 11th, we have Committed Student Day. We'll be out and about playing music, having giveaways. So be sure to stop by and see us and request some songs and just come say hey. So we'll be hanging out there all day. Um, the next day on April 12th from 6 to 7 p.m., um, we are bringing in therapy dogs. So we'll be in the basement of Cosgrove where we are right now. Um, we'll have a couple of dogs down here. So be sure to come say hey to those guys. They're all really cute. So everybody loves dogs, right? So be sure to stop down and see us from 6 to 7 on April 12th. Um, and then we also have our third Sunday jazz at the River Music Experience. We'll be there at 4 p.m. Um, on April 17th, so be sure to stop down and see us then, too. Um, we'll also be out and about for Earth Day on April 22nd, so uh, keep on the lookout for that stuff on our social media. Um, and then another special announcement, we want to congratulate Sierra for winning her IBNA scholarship, um, so we'll be sharing some information about that, too, so congratulations. Um, so I guess we'll just wrap this up here. So this has been... This has been our seventh episode now here um, of Live from the High, brought to you by KLA-FM and the St. Ambrose Department of Communication and Digital Media. Special thanks to Carolyn Graham and Abby Kroll today for being our special guest. So you can find resources on Carolyn's story, the Gray Matters Collective, and more on our social media. Um, we are on Instagram at KLA.FM and on Facebook at KLA Radio. Catch us next week on 88.5 FM at 2.30 p.m. for more sports, campus information, and much more. Thank you so much for your listening and for your continued support. Student segments written by Ryan Schistel, David Meyer, Sierra Mari, and Brooke Hass, and our production is by David Baker. Thank you.